morning. Welcome to Mariner's Church. We, um, we've been trying to get the heat on up here. I know it's a little bit cold when you came in, and, and then I realized that we have actually a little financial statement in there as well, and so we figure, well, the colder we make it, you'll think we can't pay our heating bills, and so <laughs> we'll give more, so that's, uh, no, that's not the reason what, what, whatsoever. I'm glad you guys are here. My name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's a privilege to be part of this church family and to be with you guys and, uh, and uh, love this place, and I, and I love all of you. Um, this morning, we are going to take a test to see how psychologically healthy you really are. I've had my doubts <clears throat> over the period of years that I've, I've been here, and so we're going to actually kind of nail this one down. It's called the Rorschach test or the ink block test, okay? It's, it's those special, famous ink block tests. And, 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 and what you see, and, and when you look at that, and, and the way this thing works is when you look at the ink blots that I'm going to be showing you, how you feel or, or what you're sensing and feeling when you see these ink blocks will, will reveal you. And what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to show you some, some of these ink blots. And I'm going to give you a couple options on, on which one to choose, which will tell you all about yourself. You guys ready for this? You guys ready to find out how emotionally, psychologically, and mentally healthy you are? I'm, I'm an expert on this kind of thing, so I'm going to help you determine all this. Okay, here we go. First one is, is this one, okay? Now, now, again, seeing this. Just look, take a second, you know, kind of move this. Seeing this makes me think of, go ahead, A, my innermost fears and thoughts coupled with a sense of abandonment and deep neurosis. Any of you feel that one? Or two, B, second one, two elk kissing. Which one, which one do you send? Okay, that's helping me understand this thing. Next one, next one right here. Now, just take a deep look at this. Notice kind of the texture, the feel, the shape of all this. Seeing this makes me think of A, <clears throat> Go ahead, A, 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 A. Traumatic phobias coupled with feelings of socialization anxieties. Any of you sensing that? Or B, <clears throat> how I got to clean the stupid bug off my windshield. Which one? Yeah, this one. Okay, next one, next one. This one gets harder right here, right there. Okay. Check out, check out the, sa- the shape of this one. Seeing this makes me think of A. My childhood joys and experiences, times of happiness and fun. Or B, spending a lot of money at the most expensive place on earth, which... Okay, next one, next one, next one. See this one? Seeing this makes me think of A, faithfulness, companionship, and loyalty. Or B... I forgot to clean up this mess in the backyard this weekend. Which one, which one it is? Okay. Next one. The next one. Here we go. <laughs> Seeing this makes me think of, go ahead, A, how I better not say anything bad here or I'll be in trouble. So I better, <laughs> I'm just going to keep my mouth shut about cats. Let's move on to the next, the next ink block. Go ahead here. Okay. Seeing this one makes me think of A, <clears throat> The greatest joys of life, my deep passion for that which is enjoyable, or B, taking my pastor out to lunch. So which one, which one would make you you do? Yeah, okay. All right, enough silliness. Our series we are talking about is seeing Jesus. And when we we look at that um, here, we have a takeoff on the Rorschach test, so we can see actually Jesus in life. And a lot of times, and a lot of people, man, you know, they can, they can read through the New Testament and what they see is, is just a person or a teacher or this or that. And, 
And, and maybe you and I, when we read through the New Testament, we see the Savior of the world, the one who means so much to us and to our lives. And so we want to really understand um, who Jesus is and what Jesus has done and how he works in, 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 in our lives. Um, people came to the disciples and said, hey, we'd like to see Jesus. And when they told Jesus that, Jesus said, you, you know, I'm not just, just kind of a novelty to look at. I'm not just someone to be studied. I'm not someone just simply that you can say, okay, high five Jesus, or I shook his hand and I got a good picture of him, we, you know, picture with, with me. It's somebody to say, no, he is my savior. He is the one that died for me. And this morning, what we're going to do is, is we've looked at the person of Jesus and the work of Jesus over the past few weeks, if, you, if you've been here. To today, I'm going to spend just a few minutes talking to you, and we're going to work together on helping other people see Jesus in our lives. How do I help other people in my life see who this Jesus really is? And would you take a second and would you pray with me? Um, Father, thank you now for this moment, these times we have, and God, open our eyes to not just simply see Jesus, but see people around us that need him and need a life in him. And so give me the right words to share in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. Jesus said this. He said, you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. I mean, he said, I want you to do that. I want you to go out and I want you to tell people about me all over the place. This is what I want. I want you to do. In other words, go tell people about me. Go, go. And, and this may be one of the most guilt-producing things about this being a follower of Jesus is knowing that you're supposed to talk to other people about your beliefs. And guess what? You don't know how to do it, or you don't want to do it, or you don't feel compelled to do it, or you don't see the opportunities to do that. And all of a sudden, somebody gets up there and tells you, or you know again and again, or you read in the Bible, it says, you're supposed to tell other people about your faith. And you think, ah, great. You know, there it is again, you know. For the most part, we don't go out of our way to witness to people about our political party, do we? I mean, how many of you try and convince people, apart from your Facebook posts, I've read them, apart trying to convince people from believing this way to that way? We kind of say, no, 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 that's one thing we don't talk about. We don't talk about political parties. I don't want to convert you from this to this. And it's not my life's mission. It's not my life's goal and mission to convert you to put more fiber into your diet. Okay, that's not what I'm called to do. And so I don't. I leave it alone. And, and if for some reason you love Shakespeare, it's not your life's mission to make disciples out of William Shakespeare, is it? No, it's not. It's not. You may talk about him once in a while, but it's not your life's mission, your life's call, your goal in life to make more and more and more committed followers of Shakespeare. So why do I have to go out of my way and tell other people about Jesus? Why do I have to try and, quote, convert them to Christ? In fact, that's the kind of thing that we don't like about people when they try and convert us. You know, that's a bad thing. Are you trying to convert me? You know, because it won't work, you know, and all of a sudden people take this stronger stand if they sense you're talking to them about God. But Jesus said this, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then the Bible says this, God has given us this task of reconciling people to him, to Christ. I mean, that's God's given us this task. And it's like, oh, the very thing I don't know how to do, the very thing I don't want to do, the very thing that offends people and frustrates them and 
has them not want to talk to me anymore at the family reunion is because they know I'm a follower of Christ and they're afraid I'm going to try and now, what's the word? Convert them. And people don't like to be converted to anything. I, um, I had a root canal the other week, you know. And I went to the dentist and, you know, he looked at it and he, you know, he shoves that thing in your mouth to take x-rays, you know, you know that thing. And, and he starts wanting to have a conversation with me. Well, I got on my teeth. And, 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 and they took the pictures, and he said, he said, well, you need a root canal. And I said, oh, no, you know, no, no, no. And he said, it's not that bad. I said, well, it's not that bad. You know what I mean? A root canal is not that bad. It's a, it's a root canal. It's like the thing you use to compare the worst thing to, you know? It's that thing that you compare the worst things in life to, you know? It's like you'd say, what? Oh, man, I'd rather get a root canal than do that. You know, it's the horrible thing in, in, in life. And I think we think I'd rather get a root canal than have to tell other people about God because I don't know how to start and I don't know where to go with it. And, boy, just the whole idea and concept of now offending my friend by telling him that if you don't believe the way I believe, you're going to go where? To hell. You're going to go to hell if you don't believe the way I believe. And so it's like, but Jesus tells me to do that, and I don't want to do that, you know. Go ahead, Dennis, go for it. You know, I'd rather have the root canal than tell other people about that. Go to your campus and let somebody know. I mean, it's like, no. Just live and let live, you know. Why do I have to, why do, I have to do this? Until, you know, we hear the words of Jesus when he says this, and this would be about the friends and the people that we really love. He said, whoever believes in him, that's Jesus talking about himself, is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he's not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. And it's like, you know, that the whole term that's used a lot, you know, their lives hang in the balance here. You know, you've heard that dramatic term. In this case, it fits. Lives do hang in the balance here. If the Bible says, and if Jesus said, man, if you believe in me, you're not condemned. But if you don't believe, you're standing in condemnation already. And so, you know, we, we, we have this big dilemma going on here. We have, you know, the whole idea of, wow, I don't want my friends to, to have a forever eternity without Christ, you know, without God or in a, in a bad place, in a condemned place. But I don't know how. And I don't know what it looks like. And I don't know what it feels like. And how do I even begin this whole process, you know, when I think about that. Um, Jesus said this, if anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. It's like, whew, you know, here we go. Do you follow the dilemma here and the challenge that we sometimes have? And I was thinking, you know, because Jesus called us to do it, how do we get the message of Jesus out to the 30,000 people on the coast side. How do we do that? How do we do that? And we're going to start, and we're going to try, you know, because this is the call that he has for us. Here we go. If you want to take notes, great. If not, just, just hang on and listen. First of all, first words would be this. We have to own it. Each one of us, I think, have to own it. We have to own that God has placed me in this spot to help another find God. Great verse. Great verse. It says, from one man, you know, he's talking about God. From one man, he, God, made every nation of men 
that they should inhabit the whole earth, you know, whole place. And he determined the time set for them in the exact places where they should live. Now, this tells me that God is pretty much in charge of everything, and he determined where I should live and where you should live and, and all of that. And we talk about this all the time. You think you chose your house or your realtor helped you find your house. No, you, nope, God did. God did, you know. And the person that moved in next to you, you thought it was just a great deal on a rental. No, God figured that one out for them and placed them there right next to you. person across the street, you know, that's lived there forever, they didn't know you were going to be moving across the street for them, a follower of Christ did, but God knew. God knew that because God placed them there 30 years ago, and now he placed you here 18 months ago. You know, God knew all of that. Or you think you chose the night class. No, God did. Or your seat or your, your lab partner. God chose your lab partner for that. And then it would say this, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us a ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation is connecting, reconnecting, bringing people to God. God gave that to, to me, and he gave that to you. He's given that to us. And I've got to own that. I have to take responsibility for that and own that. That I'm here for a much deeper purpose, a much bigger purpose than I would have ever thought. You know, it's not just being able to retire early or late or whatever it is or just to do my job. It's he's given me the task to reconcile people to himself. That's my purpose in life. And I have to own that. I have to say that's me. Second, second thing is, is we, need, we need to build bridges to people. Build bridges to people. I was, I was a brand new associate pastor in Florida, you know, moved down to South Florida as an associate pastor, and, 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 and you know, I was trying to figure out all the stuff that's there. And, and I remember I needed to go to the post office for some reason. I guess you don't go to the post office for no reason, do you? You just go for some reason, you know. And so I was at the post office standing in line for some reason at all. And anyway, I was there. And the guy in front of me was about my age, you know. And, and, and he was dressed pretty smart. And he asked me what I did. So I told him, I'm a brand-new associate pastor in Florida, you know. You know? And, and we began to talk. And, and he said, after a few minutes, his line began to move, finally, you know, began to move as, as we got closer and closer to the front. He said, you know, I'd like to meet with you sometime because maybe there's some things you could help me with you know, in life. And maybe there's some things I could, I could help you with as well. And I thought, cool, you know, this is, this is great. You know, heck, here's where God has now given me a prospect to share my faith with, and, and, and maybe I'll get him to come to Christ. You know, isn't this great that I can get this guy, you know, now and one-on-one, and I can tell him about Christ. And, and so, so we arranged a lunchtime, and we sat down, we had lunch, and we, we talked. And, and as we're talking, we he really had no interest in me, nor what I did, nor who I was. He only cared if he could recruit me into his multi-level marketing chain. Okay, that's the only reason he wanted to talk to me. And, and, I, and I thought, I thought, you know, after this encounter, I thought, you don't care about me at all. All you want was to get my scalp on your belt as a recruit. And that's all you want. And then as I was walking away from that encounter, I also thought this. And all I wanted to do was to get your scalp on my belt as a convert. You, you see how it works both ways? You know? Truth flows naturally over bridges built out of friendship and love rather than on, I'm going to share with you and win you over. You know? Truth flows more naturally when there is an established relationship of love and care. 
and even a little bit oftentimes of history of spending time with that person, love them, caring. One of the, one of the great examples is my, is my wife, Lisa. Um, she builds all kinds of friendships and relationships. And boy, when people are in trouble in the neighborhood or need help or, or anything, you know they go to? They go to her. You know, they go to her. Um, because she builds those kinds of relationships and those bridges of relationships. And if we only see people as, quote, prospects or possibilities of converts, it's not going to work. And they see through that really, really quickly. And so while my purpose in life, and I understand my purpose in life, your purpose in life, is to help people become committed followers of Christ, that truth will, will, will flow much better over a bridge built of established, consistent care and, and love about them as a person, as a human being. fact, that's one of the biggest complaints people would have, is all you want to do is shove the Bible down my throat or share this Jesus thing down my, my throat. And as they see our lives, as they understand why we have a hope within us, then they'll say, okay, you know, I know you're a follower of Christ, you know, because you share pieces and parts of it. Because in life and in living, you share yourself. You share the most important things in your life. You know, you share what you like to do. You share where you like to go. You share what you did on Sunday or Saturday night. You know, I go, yeah, I go to Mariners, you know. And they'll say, so what's with that place? Or what's with you in this place? Or I know you have faith. What's going on here? Or you can say as you're talking with them, this is where my faith helps me. And all of a sudden, little doors are opened up or a little truth is being able to be shared over a bridge already built and, and already established on this one. Next one. I have to keep growing in my ability to tell other people about my faith in Christ. There's this incredible verse. Um, it says this, God has made everything beautiful in its time. I love that verse, just even kind of the poetic nature to it. God has made everything beautiful in its time. I have the, the, the best office in the whole, I think, the whole state. For In my, in my corner of the office, I look over the creek, the creek creek bed there, and I can see the hills up, up there, out there. Right now, they are an emerald green, just gorgeous, incredible. And so, you know, that's why I don't get anything done during the day. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> um, but I just see it's beautiful, you know, and, and beautiful. And we live in a beautiful coast. See the clouds yesterday? I mean, maybe it'll be the same today. Just every moment you go outside and look at the clouds, they were there, the 3D clouds, you know, one here, a couple there, different stratus and all, all that kind of stuff. Um, everything has, has beauty. But then the verse goes on and it says this, God has also set eternity in the hearts of men. Isn't that cool? There's like, like there's, there's something in people's lives where they feel like, yeah, there's more. You know, there's, there's got to be more than this. And I've met people who say, I don't believe in an afterlife. I don't believe in eternity. And, I, and, and I'll ask them, well, did you used to? And most of them say, well, yeah, I did. You know, I did. Why did they used to? It's because God did what? place eternity in the hearts of men. God put it there. And if we're called to share and people kind of have this sense of wanting it, we need to be growing in our ability to communicate how people can have a connection with God through Christ. And here's where we get all tang-tungled. You know, we get all our brain all jealous like, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. You know, the whole idea and the concept of having to talk to somebody about my faith in Christ, I, you know, I just, I just dread this thing. First of all, I don't know how. Second, I don't know how to say it or what to say. I don't know how to bring it up. And what if they ask me about dinosaurs, <laughs> you know? What if they ask me about that kind of stuff? 
You know, what if they bring up, did Adam have a belly button or not? What am I supposed to say about those kinds of things, you know, or evolution? Or do I really believe in Adam? You know, where do I go with that kind of stuff? And so instead of opening the door to that, I just simply keep it shut, you know, and that way I never have to deal with these, these, these kinds of questions. But then the guilt comes in that we're not sharing enough. And so we're kind of caught in this crazy dilemma. Peter says this, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. It doesn't say I have to be an expert. It doesn't say I have to know everything on this one. I have all the answers. It does say I have to be ready. I have to be ready to talk to other people and be able to, to explain the hope that's within me. We used to give a class um, 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 on how to share your faith. It was a five-hour workshop on this one, okay? Five-hour workshop on how to share your faith. And we talked everything about your story and your testimony and, and what happened in your life, and, and we had you write it out, and you know, we had all these kinds of things. We had you practice back and forth, back and forth. And it was, it was pretty cool, but it kind of started to give out the wrong impression. It gave out the wrong impression, the fact that you probably shouldn't be sharing your faith unless you've taken a what? Taking a class, a five-hour class, a seminar on it. In fact, one guy came up to me and said, oh, man, you've got to offer this class again. It's like, what are you talking about? He said, you got to, because I've got this friend, and last night we spent a lot of time together, and, and I wanted to share my faith with him. In fact, the opportunity was there, but I couldn't because I haven't taken the class yet. And I thought, oh, no, you know, no, 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 no. You don't have to take a class to share your faith. You really do not have to at all. There's a couple of things you probably need to know, you know, but you really don't. I mean, worst comes to worst, just tell them what happened to you. You know, what happened to you? Jesus said, you shall be my, remember the word, witnesses? What does a witness do? It just simply shares what happened to them, what they saw. All you have to do is say, this is what happened to me. You know, this is what happened to me. There's four things that I, 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 I kind of keep in my head, you know, in, in this one. And, and this is a little bit further maybe equipping on this one. Four things you need to know. And I think these four things probably should get pushed out as you talk about. First of all, number one is God loves you. God loves you, you know. And, and, and God does. God does. He loves all of us, you know. And, and sometimes I'll say to people, this is just what I believe, you know. You have a second try to share, you know, when we're talking about this. God loves us, you know. Second thing I'll share is that I messed up. You know, well, all of us have. I've messed up real bad, you know, in lots of different areas. And that messing up has kind of caused a problem here, you know. Third thing is Jesus died for my sins. He died to pay for the wrong that I did. You know, simple, pretty far, right? You know, we're, we're not talking complicated. We're not talking deep theology here. And then number four, we can choose to receive it. And, and there you go. In fact, if you were to analyze most all messages about Christ and accepting Christ, and if you were to analyze maybe your process, you went through this, understanding that God loves you, you've messed up, Christ died for your sins, and you had to accept it. And you think, I can remember that, you know, or I can remember my story. And, and I was thinking, you know, a couple of weeks ago, knowing that we're going to get into this as far as seeing Jesus and helping others see Jesus, I thought, wouldn't it be great if there was something I just carry around all the time, you know, that I could just help people show if they wanted to get a little bit deeper onto this one, a little bit more in depth that maybe even had some verses of the Bible that kind of proved it or even a graphic illustration. I thought, wouldn't it be great if there was an app that did that kind of stuff? Well, guess what? 
There is an app, okay? There's all kinds of apps about this on, on how to share your faith. In fact, I sent you an email out this past week about downloading an app. Did you do that? Did you, did you, did you download the app? I, I, I hope you did. One person got the address wrong. Um, um, they, they put the address wrong and they tied in something else, you know, and they read it all and they went off and joined a cult. So they're someplace else now right now. It's a whole different God, God thing. This one, this one's not. And, 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 and what we have here is, um, go ahead and, and hit the next one. It's called, see up in the top left-hand corner, it's called God Tools, you know? And it's like, you know, you carry your phone with you everywhere. You show people your Facebook of your kids and your grandkids and your friends and your time, you know, down in the desert or whatever else you do. Well, you can say, if you like or if you want or if you need further explanation, to it and don't rely only on an app. Remember, it's your story. You can say, you know, this helps me understand a little bit better. Do you have a second? I can just simply share this with you. And so you go ahead and hit it. And, and if you're to look at this, there are actually six different methods that you can help people begin to grasp um, who Christ is and, and how to understand who Jesus is. And, and the, you know, there's, there's no God personally, knowing God personally. Um, there's four spiritual laws, satisfied. And there's honor restored. Now, the honor restored one's really interesting because actually that's one that was designed for those that come from cultures that honor is much, 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 it, much, much, is highly valued. You know, having honor in your life and in your family and in your world and, and, and all of that. And so that's actually one that's designed for a little bit different culture. And you can look through those, and I encourage you to do that, you know, and find out, man, I, I, I really like to use this one. This is a way I could help communicate my friends. I'm more familiar with the one kind of in the middle called the four spiritual laws. And if you go to that one, go ahead and hit it, Melissa, if you would, please. Um, the question is, have you heard of the four spiritual laws? Just as there are physical laws that govern the physical universe, so there are spiritual laws that govern your relationship with God. And it goes through four different spiritual laws. First one is this one. Go ahead and hit the next, if you would. God loves you and offers a wonderful plan for your life. You see that? You know, remember, God's, God loves you. There it is. You know? And then there's a verse down below. And hit the next one. It says this. God's love for God so loved the world. He gave his only son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The next verse, and you just kind of push this one up, hit the next one. It says, Christ is speaking. I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. It be full and meaningful. And then the next thing down at the bottom, it says, why is it that most people don't have that? And here's the sin thing. Man's sinful and separated from God. The third one is Jesus Christ is God's only provision for our sin. Through him alone, we can know God personally and experience God's love and plan. And then the last one is this one. Go ahead. Um, we must individually receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Then we can know and experience God's love and plan for life. And again, each one of them has these verses down below. You can receive Christ right now by faith through prayer. And I think we have the prayer even right there, the following is a suggested prayer for that. Now, this is just simply a way that you can communicate Christ with somebody. It's there. You'll always have it. It's, it's, it's always in, in, in your hands, and you can, you can do that. Now, is this the best way to do it? I don't know. You know, I don't know. Um, I do know that it is a way, and I do know that if I'm, what I, I would say, if I have more tools, um, I'm able to help better, you know. I um, fixed my garage door opener this past week, you know, a major victory for me, you know, being able to fix anything, you know. Why? It's because when it called for a 5 16th socket, I had one, you know. 
when I have the right tool, it's just a lot easier to do that. And I was familiar with how, how to do those kinds of things. Is it the best way? I don't know. It's a way, okay? Um, it's better than no way, you know. I know it's better than no way. And it's better when I have a way uh, rather than just simply backing off and not sharing um, anything at all. And maybe you can just simply introduce a conversation as you're talking about things that are meaningful in life to say, have I ever told you, you know, that what's really important to me, you know, about this Jesus thing? And, you know, maybe this helps. Maybe you're just simply sharing your faith with them because we're called to do that. We're not called to convert them. That's not our job. You know, we're not called to convert them. We're called to share with them. Last one is we need to see the value in each person. See the value in every person. Um, as you walk home today or ride your bike or drive or whatever you do, that person at the crosswalk, what's their life without Jesus? Think about that, you know? Or you go home to your loved one or you go home to your friend. You know, what's their life without Christ? And you can think Jesus died for them. They don't know it yet. Not yet. They will, you know. And God, if you could use me somehow, some way in this person's life, I'd love to have you. I'd love to have you do that. Psalm 2 is in the Old Testament, and it moves from um, in a different way, talking about a king to God himself. And it's one of those kind of semi-prophetic verses in Psalms. We went through 40 days of in the Word, so you kind of understand how the Bible can kind of look at the now and the not yet, even at the same time. It's just kind of right, right there. And it says this, it says, The king proclaims the Lord's decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son, today I have become your father. Okay? And it reveals the moment when God the Son entered into time and space. All right? Now again, follow along, but it's going to get a little bit more clear in a second. There's a point in time where God the eternal father and Jesus the eternal son were there together in heaven, but when God entered, Jesus entered into time and space, this is the moment where in a physical term, that he became the Son of God here now on earth. And then it says this, and this is what God the Father says to Jesus. He says this, Only ask, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, the whole earth as your possession. What God the Father is saying to Jesus is, all you have to do is ask. If you ask, I will give you all the nations for you. I'll give you the earth. Apparently Jesus did. Because later on in his ministry, it says, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been what? It's given to me. I've got all authority. He said, God said, just ask, and he did. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I'm with you always even to the end of the age. I'd like to invite the worship team to come on up right now. I've told you this a number of years ago. Um, I finally got my head together and figured out who this Jesus was and what he called me to do. And um, um, I said, Jesus, if you could use me in any way, that would be great. So I'm open to you. I'm, I'm going to stop resisting when you kind of tug me in this direction or that direction. And Man, if, if I could be of service, please let me be of service. I don't know what that is, and I don't know what it looks like. And I don't know what it means, and, and, 
And, and so I, I actually was attending a church at the time, and then I said, I'm getting serious, and I, I talked to the youth pastor, and, and the youth pastor that was there at that moment in time, he, he actually, my, my sister had started, because I was going to the church, she started going to the high school group as well. And as I was talking to the youth pastor, I said, man, would you talk to my sister sometime about this Jesus thing, because I'm not sure she gets it, you know? you know? And that's kind of what we always want to do, isn't it? You know, talk to the big guy, you know, talk to the big guy, talk to the big person, you know, because who am I to share, and... And, and, and God had been, been, again, working in my life. And I really believe when a person makes a committed decision to Jesus Christ and opens their life and surrenders, their life begins to change. It just, it just begins to change. You know, that's just simply what happens. And, and um, that evening, you know, I prayed with the youth pastor, and I said, let's, can we, he said, let's pray for your sister. It's like, okay, let's, let's do that. We prayed for my sister. And, and um, that evening, my sister, I was, I was working, doing homework at the kitchen table. And my sister came to me, and, and she said these words. She says, Paul, what happened to you? You know, and then when your sister says that, you know, you usually, you know, years in the past, you just blow her off, you know, and, and whatever you could do. I said, what do you mean? She said, you're different. Something's different about you now. And I thought, um, you know, you know, what, what, you know, and she says, no, you're, you're different. And I said, well, can I tell you a little bit about, I guess, the commitment I made to Christ? And, and, and as we talked, you know, it was getting late, and she had to get up, you know, for school early, and, and so did I. And I said, I said, you know, the, again, the fourth thing, you know, I, I just realized God loves me, and, and I've never committed my life to Christ, and Jesus died for me, and I'd, I'd love. I said, you know, the youth pastor's going to give you a call sometime talk to you about this, but if you ever want to talk to me more about this or even accept Jesus for yourself, let me know, you know. And I didn't know what I was saying. I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I have no idea this kind of stuff. I'm a 19-year-old kid, you know. And about five minutes later, my sister came back, you know, after brushing her teeth, and she said, Paul, I want to hear more. I want to hear more. Best as I knew how back then, I just said, well, what I did is I just surrendered my life to Christ. And what it looks like to me was this, you know. I was tired of just kind of trying to do the good stuff, and I just believed that Jesus died for me and loved me that much and that God loves me, and I just prayed to receive Christ. And If you'd like to, I guess you could now. And She said, I would like to. I would like to. Um, you know, there's certain gifts that God gives you in life. Having the opportunity to lead your sister to a, a relationship to Jesus or be there when she does is one of those. So we prayed, and and, you know, you always think, well, this is going to stick, you know. Is it going to happen, you know. What am I going to see? What's going to, you know. Is, yeah, yeah. And, and praise God. Thank you, God. She said to me, Paul, when I prayed that prayer, I felt, like, I felt like I was moving from a dark place into light. And that was so cool. Oh, what a privilege it is. And I pray you would have that privilege in your life, whether it's your sister or your mother or father, somebody that's close to you. Or maybe you yourself have never made that decision to step from the dark place you know, into light to say, I want that relationship with God and I'm going to take Jesus for what he said. I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father through me. I would pray that for you. I'm going to invite you to pray with me right now. Okay. For you, if you're here, and the first step is for you having that relationship with Christ. Do you, do you have it? 
hey, and, and, and some of you are just checking this place out. I get it. I understand it. And, you know, your own pace, your own time. But some of you are saying, to heck with the pace. You know, I'm ready now. God loves you. God loves you enough to send his son for you. And Boy, if, if you've never accepted Jesus, maybe your prayer is like that prayer up on the screen. I know I've messed up. I know you love me. I now want a personal relationship with you through Jesus Christ, and I'm tired of running my own life on my own, and I'm now giving my life to you. If you're praying that prayer for the first time, I hope you're feeling the experience that my sister felt. When you're saying, I can't do this, I need God, I need Jesus, I want Jesus in my life, in my heart. I hope you're walking from the dark place to light. If you're, if you're that person here, first time, I'd invite you to just, no one's looking, everyone's got their head bowed, their eyes closed, just raise your hand really quick if you've never done that before and you're doing it now for the first time. Thank you. Lord, thank you for the opportunity we're going to have in this week as we open our lives up to be able to share faith. And I can't wait for it. And thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for being part of this morning. I'm glad you guys came. And uh, boy, I can't wait to see you guys next weekend. We're going to talk some more about this stuff and uh, move on. I'm going to invite you to stand. We're going to finish with the final song. And God bless you guys. Enjoy the outside. It's gorgeous out there. Love you all. God bless.